Live from Lamert Park, USA, I'm Tavis Smiley, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me back in stride again. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. All of our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Everything is at KBLA 1580. Let me invite you right now to download our app, which is also at KBLA 1580. Download the app. Right now and take us with you anywhere in the world and listen to us in real time, no matter where you are. Listen in real time so long as you download the app right now at KBLA 1580. Should you miss us any day in real time, check out the podcast of our program by going to the app, the website, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, so many places to get the podcast of this program and listen at your leisure should you miss us any day in real time. But I am delighted to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. You can also watch the live stream of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. Let me also invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap for you today in our second hour is being black making you sick. I know in this place called America, your being black can make other people sick, but is being black making you sick? It is a powerful and troubling question, shining an unconventional spotlight, I suspect, on a variety of subject matter. We will wrestle with this query in hour two when we're joined by the founder and CEO of Huddle, Kevin Dedner, who has been on a mission for some years now interrogating that very provocative question, is being black making you sick? In our third hour. In our third hour, Columbia professor, award-winning author, scholar of race, culture, and power, Dr. Shauna L. Redmond joins us for a conversation on the historical impact of music in our protest. We will unpack the cultural history of black racial formations and performance politics in our three. Cannot wait for this conversation with the brilliant public intellectual, Dr. Shauna L. Redmond, uh, in our final hour today. But in this first hour... The deadly shooting inside a Monterey Park, California dance studio that left uh, 10 people dead and 10 others injured this past weekend. Authorities have identified the man responsible for that deadly shooting as 72-year-old Hemet, California resident who can Tran. According to law enforcement, Tran uh, died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in a strip mall parking lot. Still no word on motive at this hour, but we do know that his magazine-fed semi-automatic assault pistol with an extended magazine attached is illegal to possess in California. A number of guests in this hour to help us unpack the latest American-style mass shooting on the B side of this hour. The former mayor of Monterey Park, who now represents that city in the U.S. House of Representatives, Congresswoman Judy Chu, and UCLA law professor Adam Winkler, who specializes in constitutional law and gun policy. But we commence today's program with Connie Chung-Jo and Stuart Kuo. Connie Chung-Jo is the CEO of Asian Americans Advancing Justice Los Angeles, the nation's largest legal and civil rights organization for Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians, and Pacific Islanders. Stuart Kuo is co-executive director of the Asian American Education Project, both are friends of this program, and I am delighted to have them back on the show today, albeit under some pretty grievous circumstances. Connie Chung, Joe, how are you today? 
Uh, I'm doing all right. Thank you so much, Tavis, for having me. Delighted to have you back on the program. Stuart Cole, my friend, how are you, sir? Thank you, Tavis, for having us. Delighted to Thank have you. Um, I'm delighted to have you both on. Let me jump in and make the most of the time that we have. I want to get to the other side of this hour and talk to Congresswoman Chu and Adam Winkler, but I want to spend uh, these first 30 minutes with Connie and, and with Stewart. Connie, I don't need to color this first question too much. Tell me how you are processing what happened uh, inside your community over the weekend. Well, it's been a lot of pain and grief and shock for our community um, and feels quite personal. Uh, you know, we actually had a booth for our adv- Advancing Justice Southern California organization at that Monterey Park Lunar New Year Festival. So I had staff there on Saturday um, until Saturday night. I was supposed to be there on Sunday <clears throat> with my staff and my family. Um, and having this gruesome attack, killing so many lives on one of the most important and celebrated holidays for many of our Asian American communities, um, has been really um, a period of mourning for us. For those outside of your community who don't understand what the Lunar Holiday is all about and why it's so special, just give us a bit about that, Connie. Yeah, Lunar New Year is one of the most important holidays for Asian Americans, for many Asian Americans. Um, It is, for many community members, the equivalent of Christmas here in America. So, you know, imagine if there was a shooter who uh, went on a shooting spree at a Christmas Day parade. That's what it feels like to us. And to have that done in a place like Monterey Park, which is 60% Asian American. So it's almost two-thirds Asian American. You know, San Gabriel Valley is one of the largest Asian American communities in this country. Thousands upon thousands of people come to this festival and celebrate this here and to have that important cultural and um, holiday um, just tarnished in this way has been devastating for us. Stuart Quo, same question to you, sir. How are you processing what happened over the weekend? Well, obviously I was shocked and very uh, dismayed by what had happened. Um, I hope the victims uh, with uh, Connie's help and other people's help can get some relief um, from their tragedy. Um, I know there's um, uh, funding uh, mechanisms going around, uh, but that doesn't replace their lives and their um, well-being. So I'm very concerned about that. Obviously, I'm also concerned about the gun violence. Um, Mm -hmm. This is the 36th mass shooting in 2023, in less than a month. 36 mass shootings in the United States. And um, the other thing I would just say is that it was palpable that a lot of people feared that this horrific incident was caused by anti-Asian violence. Uh, That fear is so uh, palpable throughout the country. That's what a lot of people feared. Of course, we don't know what the motive is yet. But that is a huge fear in our community. Mm -hmm. We don't know what the motive is as yet, Stuart Cole, but my mind uh, went the same place your mind went. I suspect the same place Connie's mind went uh, when the story first broke. Um, Another example I thought immediately of Asian hate. And then we find out that the shooter was, in fact, Asian himself, a 72-year-old Asian man. How did you process that? And let me let me just color that for a second. Uh, inside the black community, uh, and I know this well, uh, and I want to go inside your community, but inside of our community, every single time uh, a, a national news story like this breaks, 
um, particularly if it's in anywhere near an African-American neighborhood. I just pray to God that the shooter, uh, the suspect, is not African-American. Everybody black listening right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. You just hope and pray that whatever just went down, that it wasn't a black person responsible for the deaths of all these people. So when the story breaks, we think initially it might be another example of Asian hate, and then we find out it was an Asian shooter. How did your mind process that, Stuart Quo? Well, <clears throat> I think that gun violence is an epidemic in the United States. Uh, unfortunately, the, the shooters could be anybody. And the, the proliferation of guns, particularly um, assault weapons, semi-autic pistols that are illegal, uh, are throughout every community. And so the uh, answer is not just uh, being upset if there was a race motivation, mm -hmm. uh, but we have to be upset that the gun violence has spread throughout all of our communities. Yep. And we have to stop that. We have to stop that in smart ways, uh, non-discriminatory um, ways. Uh, but we have to stop the mass shootings. Yep. We're going to get to gun violence more expressly on the uh, on the B side, the back side of this hour with Adam Winkler, gun uh, uh, specialist, um, uh, professor at UCLA. We'll talk to him uh, in a bit. When we come forward, I want to come back to Connie Chung. Joe, ask her that same question, how she processes that the shooter in this case happened to be a 72-year-old Asian uh, American man. Uh, that and a great deal more for Connie Chung, Joe, and Stuart Quo. As we talk about this latest uh, mass shooting, you heard Stuart Quo say a moment ago, 36 already into this season, uh, into this year. It's, um, it's, a, it's a pandemic of its own type uh, in this country. Something has to be done about it. We'll talk more about it when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Connor Chung, Joe, when you heard, learned, discovered that the shooter was, in fact, an Asian-American, um, mm, how'd you process that? Well, first, Tavis, what I would say is, Regardless of the intent on the, of the suspect, what we have to keep in mind is what was the impact on the community mm. when we lost these 10 lives and had 10 more injured. For our community during this pandemic, we have felt like we've had a bullseye on our back as we've been scapegoated for COVID and we've seen the rise in anti-Asian hate. So under that context of already feeling like we've been targeted for violence and um, victimization, when we hear that there's been a shooting on our Lunar New Year holiday in one of our Asian neighborhoods, we felt victimized. So it doesn't matter what the exact intent of the shooter was or his race for us to still feel that trauma and that triggering effect. And I will say, just because the suspect was Asian didn't immediately rule out, in my mind, that it couldn't be a race, uh, um, a, a racially motivated crime. Because mm -hmm. if you remember a couple months ago in Laguna Woods, California, there was a mass shooting at a church involving an Asian man who, who shot up a church and killed a person there. And that was actually also an Asian upon Asian hate crime. But to me, the biggest thing is uh, we are still feeling traumatized and scared because we've been scared during this pandemic. One, because going out in public, we know it was dangerous for, because of a virus, but it was also dangerous for us because we knew that we could face violence. And unfortunately, we come back to this festival 
that we haven't been able to have during well, because of COVID finally come back for the first time this year. People are ready to celebrate and come together with their families and friends for this holiday. And this happens and our community is feeling scared and shut down and afraid to go out again. Mm. Connie, what can you tell me? Uh, and uh, I'll go to you first. And if Stuart wants to comment on this, I'm happy to, hear, uh, happy to take his comments. Well, <clears throat> what can either of you tell me, you first, Connie, again, about guns in the Asian American com- in the community, in the Asian American community, I ask that because I just uh, was in conversation on this program last week about the fact that the community buying guns fastest in this country right now are African Americans. The fear uh, about the fragility of our democracy and white supremacy mm-hmm. on the rise once again is so uh, so significant. Uh, that African-Americans are buying guns at a rate we have never bought guns in this country. Uh, talk to me about guns uh, inside the Asian-American community, because, again, it, it shocked me um, when I saw uh, an Asian shooter involved in this in this crime. Yeah, well, there's an interesting report that came out last year about gun violence in communities of color. And as you said, uh, the black community has had the fastest-growing rate of gun um purchasing. Mm -hmm. Um, But they've said that also the Asian American community, which historically has had some of the lowest rates of gun ownership, has had record numbers of people purchasing it during this pandemic. So Asian Americans also have started in the last few years because of the rising anti-Asian hate to feel that this country is not safe for me. I need to take safety into my own hands, and they're purchasing guns in record rates. And for organizations like ours, we're really disturbed by that, because I don't feel like more guns is the answer when we have, as Stuart mentioned, over 30 mass shootings just this year. And you think about Uvalde, and you think about all of these things. You know, they keep in mind that they suspect that this suspect, the shooter, uh, might have been involved in an intimate partner violence situation, and it might have been an ex-partner or his uh, his partner who was in that dance hall. And so keep in mind that the majority of mass shootings are correlated with domestic violence. And that's why in California, if you are um, charged and found to be uh, guilty of, a, of domestic violence, you're not allowed to have firearms. But that's not across the country, and that's only if you've already been convicted, and it's just not enough. And too many people now are buying guns and thinking that's safety, but the, the level of gun violence and mass shootings in this country are showing that, that that's the opposite, that yeah. it's creating more harm. Yeah. Stuart, how, how did, what did you make of the fact? I mean, because this was stunning for me. Um, when you look at all these mass shootings, and there are far too many in this country, as we've said already, over 30 just in this year alone. What's, what, what's today's date? Looking at my phone here. Today's the 23rd of January. So it's 23rd yeah. of January. We've got more mass shootings than we've got days. I mean, so we're averaging mm-hmm. more than one mass shooting per day in the month of January mm-hmm. in this place called America. But something about the man's age struck me, Stuart. Um, when you look at these mass shootings, they don't tend to be people who are above the age of 70. I heard Connie uh, Chung-Joe suggest a moment ago that we may find out in the coming days that there was some form of uh, of, 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 of intimate partner violence here. We'll, we'll get the story, I'm sure, in the hours and days ahead. But no matter what that story turns out to be, this guy was 72 years old, Stuart. That's, that's, that's uh, I mean, I, again, I don't want to put too much on it. How did you process his age? 
Well, I think it relates to uh, why he did it. And so the motive has to be really looked at, whether it was um, hate or whether it was uh, domestic violence or uh, something else. But I think that probably will relate to why he did this in the first place. But I think that uh, I just wanted to relate to another point, and that is, if if you if I can, sure, 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 um, the resilience of the Black and Asian American communities. I mean, we've suffered through uh, major catastrophes in Los Angeles. Uh, for example, we just did a lesson plan on the 1871 lynching of 18 Chinese Americans in downtown Los Angeles in 1871. Uh, we, ha- we have been resilient. And so whatever the cause, um, our communities have come through it. And so that's why um, we're dedicated to making sure that there's education about Black and Asian American and Latino history in the K-12 uh, grades because they don't learn anything about uh, Asian American history. They have spotty black history, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm very disturbed that uh, we we don't get this to our young people. So when you have these um, momentous occasions, these violent occasions, then what what happens in the young people's minds is it becomes either a norm or some a flash in the pan that you could forget. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, is the long-term danger here, that it becomes a norm or we just forget it, yeah. that just get along and it, it will go away in our memories. Since you, since you raised it, Stuart, let me follow you. Um, speaking of our memories and speaking of uh, black-Asian relations, um, I was thinking last night, how long have I known Stuart Quo? When did I get to know Stuart Quo and get to meet him and hang out with him? And... It occurred to me last night that I really got to know you around the time that these two names became part of the national lexicon. Soon Jadu and Latasha Harlins. Um, Stuart knows exactly where I'm going. Connie Chung Joe knows exactly where I'm going. Soon Jadu, Latasha Harlins, young black girl walks into a store. She ends up being shot and killed by an Asian-American store owner. And all hell broke loose in this city and across the country. I raised that, Stuart, because... As Asians become more armed and black folk become more armed and we still have to engage each other in the community and everybody's packing, um, what am I to think of the future? Stuart? Well, I yeah. think that, I, yes, I, I think that the danger is definitely there. And what is more important is what has to happen in our communities and between our communities to increase education, increase uh, understanding. Uh, we did not agree uh, with the sentence on Song Ju Du. Uh, we, we thought she received far too light of a sentence, uh, but we believe that there has to be a full understanding because what we cannot do, uh, which happens to us as black and Asian Americans, is the actions of one person Mm -hmm. become uh, the norm or how all of us are seen. And so the actions of one Korean-American merchant uh, colored the relations between our whole communities. Uh, That is very unfortunate. 
we have to understand uh, the whole community. Otherwise, we're yeah. uh, we become racist ourselves. Nope, I get you. I get you. Uh, kind of Jung Joe. Uh, uh, last uh, two minutes, I give to you here. About ninety seconds, actually. Um, how do you see your community processing its way through the pain? Uh, I know, as I said many times on this program, you don't close on the death of loved ones like you close on a house. It's nothing like that. This pain is real. It's as real as rain. Uh, but how do you see your community advancing, moving forward from this tragedy? Well, Tavis, I think one thing is we are really pushing forward with with letting our community know these are resources available. This is how you get mental health uh, services in language that are culturally specific. These are the victims' funds that we have set up under GoFundMe. This is how we come together for our community. And we're telling the community we need to still find a way to heal because Lunar New Year is something that we are going to continue to celebrate and we're going to continue to find a way to come together. And if I could, if I may, Tavis, I just want to comment on what you and Stuart sure, were, ju- were sure. just talking about. Sure. When it comes to the black and Korean uh, and black and Asian relationships, now more than ever, we have to think about what does interracial solidarity look like. Mm-hmm. And we have to think about how white supremacy as a structure has been created in a way to wedge communities of color against each other. And when we create that wedge, we're being pitted against each other. We fight one another. And all that does, it keeps us fighting and it keeps the white supremacist structure the way it is. We have to get beyond that. And I do worry when I see more guns in both of our communities and other communities of color, what can happen. But, you know, I am hopeful. You know, we have a new mayor who comes who's a black woman who comes from the community and believes in coalition building. And I have high hopes that with the reality check we had with those audio leaks with the city council members and now with the new mayor, people in this city are saying we need something new. We need a new paradigm. We are a majority-minority city. Los Angeles should be able to come together for people of color and and get beyond uh, and, and and empower ourselves by working together. Connie Chung Joe is uh, the leader of the Asian Americans Advancing Justice Program, Los Angeles. Stuart Kuo uh, is the leader of the Asian American Education Project. Again, both friends of this program. Uh, glad to have both on, although under dubious circumstances. We'll do it again somewhere down the road under better circumstances. Connie, have a great day. Stuart, have a great day. Thank you both for your time. I appreciate you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. My, del- you. my delight to have you on. After news, traffic, and sports, uh, Congresswoman Judy Chu, former mayor of Monterey Park, now represents that area in Congress, and uh, our friend Adam Winkler from UCLA talking about gun violence in America. You're listening to KBLA Talk 15.